you know, about, I think it was about three weeks ago, my wife and I finished leading our Rooted small group. And at the end of the year, we had the celebration, and we were asked to write down on a piece of paper some encouraging words to one another. So I thought, what can I write to my wife to let her know how she makes me feel? I want to use a verse. So I started thinking, what is a good verse? Yes, Song of Solomon, a very poetic, a very romantic book. So I thought, what verse? And I found one. And this is what I wrote to my wife, CJ, on a piece of paper. And this is what Solomon says, chapter 1, verse 9. I compare you, my love, to a mare amongst Pharaoh's chariots. So I wrote that down on a piece of paper. And at that night, at our celebration, we put in little jars. She was sitting across the table from me, and I was waiting for her to read that. And she opened it up, and she read it. And she looked at me, and I looked at her across the table. And she said, I, I'm your mare. And I said, yes, yes, you are. And I got up, and I kissed her, and it was just a, such a romantic moment. You're probably thinking that right now, wow, my pastor is so romantic. You're probably thinking, ay, gordo. Well, my wife knew what I meant. See, let me give you some context of why Solomon wrote this verse. Back in old times, Pharaoh, before going out to war, he'd get his best stallions. And the very best of all stallions he put in the very front. And then he'd go back and choose the most beautiful mare that there was. And she'd, he'd grab that mare and put her right next to that stallion. And so when they went off, the stallion noticed that his mare was next to her. So that stallion wanted to go faster, wanted to go stronger, wanted to be the best warrior that he could be. But I was telling my wife, as I wrote that verse, I was telling her, CJ, you make me the man I want to be. You make me the best man that I can be, the leader that I want to be. And she knew that. Now you can say, ay, gordo. As mentioned, on Mother's Day, I spoke to you men. And today, it's Father's Day. So ladies, it's your turn. So the only thing I'm going to ask from you guys today, that's it. It's Father's Day, not going to ask for much. The only thing I ask from you, please, guys, don't elbow your wives. Don't be pointing at me and saying, see, 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 listen to the pastor. Don't stand up in the middle of the sermon and say, yeah, preach it, please. Let's be courteous. Let's be gentlemen, all right? So what I want to start with is lay the foundation of this truth so you ladies could understand really how most men feel. And this is what I want to read to you. And I think this is true of most men. Listen, men focus on influence. We really want to make a difference in this life. We really do. Most men struggle with unsuccessfulness. We want to succeed in everything we can do, including our marriage. We want to be the leaders that you want us to be. And most of all, I believe most men fear failure. We don't want to fail you, we don't want to fail our families, and ultimately we don't want to fail God. And so based on that, I want us to look at three things primarily. Three things that a godly wife should do to meet her husband's needs. So if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and open them up to Genesis chapter 2. 
verse 18, and we're going to start where woman was created. And this is what it says of chapter 2, verse 18, Genesis. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now that word helper is not a demeaning term. He's not demeaning. God is not demeaning the woman. He is saying, I know that man needs a helper. I know that he is lonely. I know he is not complete without a mate. And so God made man a helper so that he, the man, could make a difference in life. So man made God a helper so that he could feel successful. God made man a helper, you ladies, so that we could be the best leaders, the best men, the best stallions we could be. But the problem, church, the problem is this. We really need help. And most women are not helping. The problem is we've lost our manners. So I want us again to share, to share three things that women should do to fill our needs. So let's get started. Number one, submission. Now wait. I know what you ladies are thinking. Oh, man, here we go. Of course, the S word, submission. Listen, I want you just for a moment to change your perspective on what you believe this word means. Submission. Now understand this. This term submission begins with mutual submission. Submission from a man and submission from the woman. And that's why Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21. He says this. Submitting to one another. We are to put each other's needs before ours, submitting to one another out of reverence, out of respect, out of obedience. For who? Christ. It's a mutual submission. We as men are called to die for our wives. You ladies are called to submit unto us. But ultimately, the man is submitting to the wife, the wife submitting to the, to the husband, and we're both submitting unto Christ. Submission is not an equality issue. We're all equal. Submission is not something that is demeaning. It is a role. It is structure in life. That's what submission is. And it begins with mutual submission. And then later on in this chapter, Paul goes on and talks about the structure of this submission. And he says this in Ephesians 5 verse 20. Two, he says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. His body and is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Submission is a role. It is not dominance. Try to understand that. Submission is not keeping score. Submission is structure, it's function, it's not value, it's not a matter of equality. And we see this sort of structure, this submission, submission in our triune God. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 11, 
3. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. And the head of his wife is her husband. And the head of Christ is God. God the Son. God the Father. God the Holy Spirit. All God is a triune God. But they serve different roles. Think about it. Jesus Christ, God himself, stepped out of heaven to live a perfect life. And he submitted unto the Father's will perfectly. It's, it's a role. It's structure. It's all equal. We are equal in the eyes of God. We're all image bearers. I love what Chip Ingram writes about submission. This is what he says. Submission means for wives to step in. To step in and support, affirm, encourage their husbands with strength and respect to lead their families in righteousness. Mutual submission, just different roles. Wives, your role is to step in, to support, to encourage, to help us, the men. Now, what does this mean? What does submission look like? Let me just say this. Submission should never be out of obligation. You shouldn't feel like, oh, I have to submit. Submission should be out of love and obedience towards God. And Paul writes that clearly in Colossians 3.18. Listen to what he says. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting on the Lord. Listen, ladies. Listen closely. Submission has little to do between you and your husband and a lot to do with you and God. Ultimately, you are submitting not unto us. You're submitting out of, to him out of obedience, out of love, out of respect. That's what submission is. We are, you guys are called as wives to submit by stepping in and affirming and encouraging us. Big difference, though, in stepping in than in stepping over or stepping on us. Huge difference. I hear this time and time again in marriage counseling as I'm speaking to the wife. They tell me, Pastor, I, I just, man, if my husband would take the lead, if my husband would make more decisions, if my husband would be the spiritual leader, I, I'd love that for him. And I'd say, yes, you're right. Where are you on that role? Are you allowing him to take the lead? Are you stepping back? Are you stepping over and on him? The last time I checked, the last time I checked, there was only one driver in the driver's seat. And ladies, you're trying to take that role. Submit, step in, but don't step over. Let us lead the way God has called us to lead at our pace. We want to. Remember what I said, we want to be successful. Let us be that part in the marriage. Let me share with you what submission does not mean. It's really important. I think it will make you or helpfully make you understand what submission is. This is what it does not mean. It does not mean, ladies, that you are to be passive. It does not mean that you are to feel inferior or a doormat. It doesn't mean that whatever the man says goes it's not my cheese more. Submission means, you know what? I may not agree with you, but I'll let you make the decision. That's submission. 
Submission, ladies, does not mean that you submit only when you think he is right. We are going to make mistakes. We have and we will. And when we do, don't say, "Mm, I told you so. Should have done it my way. That's not what submission means. And lastly, submission does not mean that you violate scripture, reason, or morality to support your husband. This is the ultimate authority. You're submitting unto Christ. As a husband is submitting unto Christ as well, you're submitting unto your husband as he submits to Christ. If anything your husband is telling you to submit goes against this, you back off. Submission doesn't mean that you violate the truth of God. The second thing that women should do to meet their husband needs is this. Affirmation. Affirmation. Remember how I opened up. Men struggle with unsuccessfulness, and most of all, most men fear failure. And we need affirmation as little boys. Little boys, they need affirmation. They're trying to prove to us parents, those of you that are parents, I can do it, mom and dad, look at me. So they're climbing trees, they're jumping over ramps, because they want to feel that they can do what they're made to do. Ladies. We're still little boys. We're just grown up. We need that affirmation. Listen, there's a big difference as well between affirmation and confrontation. You, oh, this is so important. (laughs) You did not marry your children, ladies. You married your husband. Understand that. Yes, we act as kids, but we need that affirmation. We need that confrontation. That confidence in you. Every morning we wake up and we have struggles just like you. I get it. But our struggles are a little different and maybe we handle them a little different. We go to work. We've got temptations. We have stress. And then we go home. Confrontation. We feel like failures. We get home and now you're telling us how much we failed. You need to affirm us. You need us. We need you. Make us feel like the men we want to be. Not scold us. How many times do you tell your husband, don't, 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 don't do the dishes this way. Don't leave the crumbs there. Don't, don't, don't forget the trash. Don't, 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 don't. We want to please you, ladies. Requests are different than demands. How you say things mean a lot to us. So when we hear things like this, you know what we hear? Nagging, nagging, nagging. Solomon writes quite a bit about this. Proverbs 21, 19. Better to live in a desert than with a quarrelsome and nagging wife. Now this dude had over 700 of them, so you can imagine. We want to feel affirmed, not beat up. You know what I hear quite often as well in marriage counseling? I hear this. I'm at work, I have the stress, I have the issues, I have the problems, I get home, I get more stress, more issues, more problems. So pastor, I'd rather just stay at work. You know what else I hear time and time again in marriage counseling? I'm sitting there and the husband looks at me and says this, I work really hard, I do everything I can, I really do pastor, everything I have is for my family, my wife, and all I want is just a little respect. 
I just want to feel respected. Is that too much to ask for? Ladies, we need that. We need that affirmation. When we get affirmed, we feel respected. Paul mentions that in Ephesians 5, verse 33. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, talking to us, and let the wife see that she respects her husband's. When was the last time, ladies, you went up to your husband and say, I'm so proud of you. I respect you so much that you're trying to be the man that God has called you to be. I respect how you work so hard. I respect, respect, respect. When was the last time? You are called to affirm us and you affirm us when you respect us. Let me get a little bit practical with you. Maybe this will help. How can you ladies show us respect? Let me just give you two huge ways that you can do so. Number one is acknowledge us more often. Acknowledge us. Just acknowledge us that we're there. Say things like, I really do look up to you for feeling responsible for me. Honor our authority. Honor our authority, especially in front of the kids. Say things like, whatever your father says. Now listen, ladies, you don't have to agree with us. You don't. But disagree in private and in front of your kids, say, dad has the ultimate authority. That's how we feel respected. Tell us, good job. Picture this, lady. I think this helps. I hope it helps. We're little doggies. Give us a Scooby snack. Good boy, good boy. Little things we do. Next time your husband changes the light bulb and he changes it and says, I changed the light bulb. Wow, you did that by yourself? I was blind. Now I can see. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Affirmation. Little things like that speak volumes when it comes to respecting us. Another, talking about dogs, I have one. We have one at Aggie. Her name is Aggie. And every day when I get home, guess who's there to meet me? Aggie. And she's there and she's wagging her tail and I drop my stuff. Oh, you're such a good girl. And I look at my wife and she was really busy back then and she was doing homework and all that. And hey, hi, how are you? And one day my wife says, how come you don't treat me like you do Aggie? And I said, well, you don't come and wag your tail. Now, I know what she was telling me. I get it. I should, the responsible man, go up to her and kiss her and say, how was your day? But we feel respected, ladies, when you acknowledge us. Now, I'm not asking for you ladies to <gasps> tell the kids, oh, daddy's home. Boo, boo, boo. The king is home. Everybody line up and leave it to beaver kind of thing. And have the, That's not what we're asking, just little things. And I'll give you a great example. I don't know if my wife read my notes, but the other day I got home. Aggie was there. My wife was on the phone with a very important person in her life, her sister. And she said, hey. Eddie just got home. I'll call you right back. And she got up and she kissed me. I was like, whoa, respect. Those little things, ladies, mean a lot to us. Acknowledge us. Let us know that we can do it. Second way to show respect. I can be here all day. Second way to show respect. This is huge. Write this one down. It's so important in our lives. Recreational companionship. Dr. Eggerson in his book, Love and Respect, calls it shoulder to shoulder. Do things we like to do. Picture yourselves before you got married, ladies. You did things with your husbands, things that he enjoyed to do. Recreational things. 
why did you stop? I hear things like, man, my wife and I, before we were married, we used to play golf, and now she says it's too hot. And I'm thinking to myself, if you guys were dating in Laredo, it's always been hot. What has changed? If your husband is a mechanic or loves to do things around the house, ladies, just go outside and be with him. Shoulder to shoulder, recreational. I love to grill. And I remember when my wife and I were dating, I used to love to grill too. I still do. And she hang out with me and we talk and it was awesome. And now I'm grilling and she's nowhere to be seen. And she tells me, well, because of smoke. And I'm thinking, there's always been smoke. What's the difference? We need that, ladies. One thing we found very attractive in you when we were dating was the fact that you wanted to be with us. And I'm going to tell you right now, we did marry our best friends. But you know what best friends do? They hang out together. They do things together. Keep being your husband's best friend. Find something you both enjoy to do and do it. Do something recreational, shoulder to shoulder. Solomon writes this, chapter 18, verse 22. He who finds a a wife finds a good thing, finds a best friend, finds a great thing, and obtains favor from the Lord. Third thing. We know that wives should submit, they should affirm. And the third thing is sexual intimacy. Sexual intimacy. Ladies, we need sexual intimacy just as much as you need emotional intimacy. What would it look like if you went two weeks without talking to your husband? How would you feel? What would it look like if you went a month without talking to your husband? How would that make you feel? God wired us this way, and we need that. That is a need that God provided you to fulfill in us. Paul writes about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5. Do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourself to prayer, but then come together again. Why? So that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self Control. Paul is talking to a husband and a wife. And he's saying, do not neglect of coming together. Do not neglect sexual intimacy. But if you do, it's for a short time. You be in agreement and you devote yourself to prayer. And then he says, quickly come back. Why? So that Satan may not tempt you. Ladies, two things may happen if you fail to meet your husband's needs here. Two things. He will be very frustrated. He'll be angry. He won't be able to show you the love that you need. He won't. And the other thing, most men, most men will find something or someone that will. I see it. I do marriage counseling quite often here. Well, pastor, I was at at work, working hard because I don't want to be home, nagging. And I was at work and this co-worker came up to me and she said, wow, you're a hard worker. Your wife must be very proud of you. Boom. That's all it takes. I'm not justifying it. Hear me. But one thing leads to another, leads to another. God wired us differently. I don't know why you can ask him when you see him. 
Let me get practical with you ladies again. How maybe you can be more sexually intimate with your husband. Initiate more time. You initiate it. You take the first step. The other way is respond to him more often. That many headaches in a month? And then the last, and this is very, very important. Understand that his needs for sexuality are okay. Again, that's how God made us. They're okay. Before I leave this topic, I just want to share one more thing, ladies. Watch how you dress. Be beautiful for your husbands. But dress like a lady. And if you have little girls, teach them to dress properly. I tell you, and I told you, we go out there and face temptations and they're all over the place. The least you can do is dress appropriately. The way I see ladies dressing at the gym, at the grocery stores. Peter writes about that as well. He says this in 1 Peter 3, verses 3 to 4. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold, jewelry, or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. Ladies, you're beautiful. Your husbands think you're beautiful. We're not being shallow, but the first thing that attracted us to you was your beauty. Watch where you dress, but continue to be beautiful, your husband. You look good, we feel good. That's the truth. As I was researching for this sermon, I came across a special force that the British Army uses. It's, it's called, I think it's called, I have it here in my notes, I'm blanking out. The Special Air Service, that's what it's called. It's a special air service. And their mission strictly, the only mission they have is to fly down and support the other soldiers that are on the ground. To encourage them to, to supply what they need. Special Air Service. Or they're known as SAS. Ladies. God's asking you to be our special air service. SAS. Submission, affirmation, sexual intimacy. Do you remember that? SAS. SASAS. All right, ladies, it's your turn. Where you're at, I'm not going to ask you to stand up. Turn to your husband if he is here. If not, take a picture. I'm going to have the words that you're going to repeat after me as you're telling this to your husband. And if he's not here, tell him at home. Go ahead. Turn to your husbands. I know some of your husbands are here. Turn to him. Don't look at me. My wife's not here. Turn to your husband and repeat after me, ladies, as you're talking to your mate. I will not step over but step in with respect and encourage you. To be the man God called you to be. I will support you to lead our family in righteousness. I will be an SAS wife. Ladies, we love you. We thank you for being who you are. And man, I'm proud of you guys. I really mean that. Thank you guys. Let's pray. Father, we do give you thanks and praise.
who you are. And Father, that it's not a coincidence that on Mother's Day you've reached to the man. And it's no coincidence that today as we celebrate fathers, you've reached to the ladies. Because you love marriage. It's holy. It was instituted even, even before sin entered this world. And so I know that it's important to you. And so the enemy tries to attack with whatever he can to break what is most important to you. So, Father, I pray that the ladies be the ladies you've called them to be, the wives, that I know that they can be through your spirit. And I pray to us, men, that we be the leaders you've called us to be, with the women, the wives that you've given us as our mates. We love you, Father. We pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. Love you, church. Happy Father's Day, guys.